Good evening, everybody. Everybody good? One all right? All right. Amen. Praise God. Had a Holy Ghost lunch today. Had some brisket. You know, some good old American beef. Praise God. Amen. Ah, oh, Super Bowl Sunday. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> you must really love Jesus. Amen. You know you love Jesus when? Praise God. I mean, God is doing a work in your lives. You know, if you're here, I mean, the world, it's bowing down to its God, its entertainment, its value system. But, um, you know, when God's people come into the house of God to hear from God, you know, God takes notice. It's not a light thing. On, um, tonight, I want to preach a message, uh, message that I've entitled, God's Plan. God's Plan for Your Life. How many know God has a plan for your life? Amen? I mean, it sounds cliche, doesn't it? God has a plan for your life, brother. You know, we're out on outreaches, and that's our go-to. You know, God has a plan for you, brother. You know, but really, God is not just a broad plan that he has for mankind. He brings it down to the individual tonight. He brings it down to your life. And he has marked your life even from the foundations of the earth. God has a plan for you. And he's working that through in every decision that we make, in every turn that we turn. God is working through that plan. I want to preach a sermon out of Jeremiah chapter 29. It's a you know, famous verse that we all know. And it says, For I know the plans I think I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You know, one of the things that I find over the years of serving God is that many people have come into the kingdom as you have seen many people come in over the years. I mean, um, you may have many hundreds, if not thousands of convert cards. You know, when I was um, uh, leading the, the, the follow-up ministry, I had, you know, so many convert cards, you know, and I kept a log of all the converts that came in over the years. And years later, I begin to look at these convert cards and I, I begin to see, you know, where's that brother? Where's that sister? You know, where, where are these group of people? There were hundreds of names that I had on these cards with numbers beside them. But the majority of them were no longer serving God. They were no longer in the kingdom. They could not be found. And tonight, I think the problem with many, is that they don't know what their God thinks of them. They begin to lose track of how God really thinks about you in the midst of all of life. How many know we have an enemy tonight? And that enemy's plan is to continue to sow lies and seeds of doubt within your mind. And how much more, if they could corrupt your understanding of who God is, it'll get you to hightail it out of town quicker than you could... Say amen. The enemy's plan tonight is to get you to have a distorted image of what God thinks of you. Because we're flesh, because we're fallen um, vessels, we are always falling short, aren't we? We're leaky. We're filled today, empty tomorrow. 
We're singing the praise of glory today and could be doom and gloom tomorrow. We're leaky. And the enemy plays with this. He understands and he knows this. And so he begins to sow seeds of doubt within our minds and our hearts about who our God is. It is good for us to be able to understand what God thinks of us. How many think, you know, you know if I knew what God thought of me on a daily basis, you know, what is God thinking of me right now? When I'm up here or when I'm down there, it is good to have an understanding of how, of how God views you tonight. You may have heard the story of um, Cedric. Who knows Cedric the Entertainer? Some of the old heads here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Cedric, um, he went down south as he's relaying the story. And um, he said, those brothers, they just speak really fast. Fast, fast, fast. Right? You could barely understand them. You know how fast they speak. So he's there to visit his cousin. He's there for a couple weeks. And as he's there, he meets one of his cousin's friends. And his cousin said, hey, listen, man, how you doing? You know, my name is Cedric Johnson, but you could call me Bomalicious. Right? So he's there, and, and he's like, okay, I'll call you Bomalicious. Right? He says, everybody call me Bomalicious, you call me Bomalicious. And so as he's there, you know, every day he sees him, hey, Bomalicious, how you doing? How's it going, Bomalicious? And as he's doing that, his cousin um, hears him and he says, what did you call him? He says, I'm calling him by his, by his name. He said, call me by initial. And so his cousin looks at him with this weird look and says, we call him CJ. His name is Cedric Johnson. He's telling you to call him by his initials. <laughs> not bomb initials. And so, if we do not understand certain things, how many know we can look like a fool walking down the road? What up, bomb initial? <laughs> Amen. We have to be able to understand what our God thinks of us. It is detrimental tonight that we know because you're going to continue to hear the, the doubts, the voices that come into your mind that tell you, you know, who you aren't tonight. The first thing I want to take a look at is the planner. God is a planner. He is a master planner tonight. He has planned your life from the foundations of the earth. He has mapped it out. How many know that in order to be successful in life, we have to be able to plan? They say you either plan to fail, you fail to plan. Right? And so, planning requires thinking. It requires some thought. It's not just something you throw together. You know, the scientists uh, of this age, they say, you know what, the earth was just, you know, it was just an accident. It was just all thrown together because of a meteorite. Come on, folks. Even a child will tell you that there is a des uh, an intelligent designer... And a planner that put everything together. See, planning requires you to think of a person. It requires you to think about their life and to think about their likes and their dislikes. Uh, it requires you to have them in mind. Planning, at many times, also requires contingencies. Sometimes our plans don't go the way we hope that they would go. And so we put contingencies in our plans in order to, to, to be successful, don't we? We have to be thoughtful. 
You know, if you're cooking a meal, you know, they say a meal takes about eight hours to prepare. I, I don't know. Maybe it does. Right, but they say, but from the, the, the thought of it, from the planning, from the going out to get the groceries and the ingredients, they say it could take up to eight hours. You know, imagine cooking a Thanksgiving dinner. That could take up to 24 hours. Right? So planning, you have to be able to be thoughtful when you're planning. Now, God's plan, it's kind of tricky. Because His plan, you throw in a bunch of people who have a free will. He has a plan for your life. But you have to choose which road to go down. Right? God is always planning. He's always making contingencies for your life this morning. Or tonight, rather. You see, God's plan for our lives began long before you were even a thought. Isn't that amazing? Long before anyone had a plan for you. Long before your parents could say, listen, we're going to have a little bouncing baby boy or baby girl. God was already in the plan. So this completely takes man out of the equation. This completely takes the human element out of it. Because God is the one that is already planning before man could be involved. Man is flawed. We're messed up. We jacked up. One brother said, we tore up from the floor. We just, listen man. When we get involved, things get kind of sticky, doesn't it? Things get kind of messed up. Things are not what they really should be. But God's planning for your life as an individual began before any man had a say in it. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before your parents had a chance to say that you were a mistake. Before anyone had their hands in the pot. You see, many people live life, going through life thinking that, you know what, I was a mistake. My parents told me that they did not plan on having me. And I just showed up, but can I tell you, they did not have uh, their hand in the pot before God had it in there. His plan for your life began... Way before any man could have messed it up. You see, you're here tonight. It's not a mistake. You see, you're here on the planet. It is not a mistake. God has ordained it from the foundations of the earth. When he looked at your life, uh, he said, this life is important. Uh, This life has value. But because of society... And broken man. Sometimes we could look at our lives as not being, or not having any worth. Not having any value. You see, the time and the place you were born, it is God. The family you were born into, it is God. Yeah, I know your family may be messed up. I know things may not be right. I know you may be wondering, and you know what we're talking about today, this is why they have this 23andMe. People want to know where they're from. You know, people want to know, what's my background? Oh my God, you know, I'm 80% Caucasian. You know, that's not true. (laughs) 
You know, but it, it'll be amazing. It's it kind of it's kind of cool. You know, you find out where you know what's in your family. But God is the intelligent designer that has placed you in a specific place at a specific time for a specific reason. There is a plan for your life. There's a re- you are not just here taking up space. You are not just here just to fill a chair in a church. But there is a specific purpose uh, and you fit perfectly into God's plan. There's a perfect fit for you. See, many people think they come into the kingdom and they're in the church of God and they believe that they have no value in God's house. They believe that they're just an ornament, maybe just taking up space. And the lies of hell begin to come into the mind, but I can tell you tonight, God has you here for a specific purpose and reason. I don't care if you're the armpit of the body. You're still useful. I don't care if you're the big toe. You know, if you cut off your toe, you have to learn to walk again, right? We all know that, right? But we don't value our toe, do we? It's just a toe. How important the things that we look at as insignificant at many times hold the most value What about that tongue inside our mouth? It's just a tongue. (laughs) But let's cut it out and see what happens. We don't hold certain things in the value that they really are. Galatians 4.4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. You're here at the perfect time. You shouldn't have been born 10 years ago or 10 years later. You're here at the perfect time. You know, some people say, you know what, man, I really feel connected to the 70s. You know, I should have been born in the 70s. You know, I like that funk. You know, I like that, you know. <laughs> so, you know, we believe that, right? We, you know, we get a liking to these type of things. But I tell you, you're born at the perfect time. You know, even though, as I've said, some may have said you're a mistake, but God says no. It is absolutely perfect. I don't care what others have told you. I don't care the lies that keep coming through the pipeline. It is what God thinks of you tonight that holds value. Consider with me God's value system tonight. How many know who Ronald Wayne is? And I've heard the name. It's a shame because that name should be a household name today. Ronald Wayne, 1976 had 10% stake in Apple. 10%. You know know what that's value today? He sold his 10% stake for $800. $800. Apple is the first company to reach a $3 trillion market cap. Did that in 2022. $3 trillion. Now do the math. Do 10% of that. (laughs) this brother did not see the value of Apple at the time he says $800 was more valuable to him than what was to come you see if we're unable to see the value of our own lives this is why people come and they, they you don't see them again this is why suicide rates is so much higher 
They say because of the pandemic, um, between uh, 18 and, and 45 year old suicide is at a 5% increase in America. Men and women who don't see their value. Got a call from my uncle during the, the height of the pandemic. You know, they shut down schools. You know, it was a mess. You guys understand fully what I'm talking about. Shut down the schools and, and you know, the, the children were not able to connect with others. And so I got a call from my uncle telling me, my 10-year-old cousin, 10 years old, attempted suicide, tried to slit her wrist. Just because... You know, she, she, she wasn't, there's some issues in the home and, you know, separation and things like that. And just because she wasn't, you know, connecting with anyone, she had lost her. I mean, she's 10 years old. Can you imagine this? And so if she had understood, if she understands her value, why do people commit suicide? One of the toughest things to deal with, man. When I was... um Say about 10 or 11 years old, my cousin was running. He just ran, ran to my school. He went to different schools, and in the middle of the lunch break, he ran and, 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 and you know, didn't know what was going on. Finally, he told me that um, we used to, <laughs> uh, my, my grandmother's living boyfriend at the time called him Papa Willie. He had gone home for lunch. And found Papa Willie hanging in the garage. He had taken his own life. You see, when we do not understand value, we treat it cheap. We kick it to the curb. We don't put any emphasis on it, but God is the one who determines your value tonight. See, what are you worth? Is there a dollar figure? What are you worth tonight? How does God look at you? I want to let you know that there's no amount of money that can equate to your value. God is the one who sets the value system in this place tonight. Consider God's twofold plan. His first plan is the plan of salvation for mankind. You see, if you're in here tonight, if you are saved, it is a planning of God. It is what God has ordained from the foundations of the earth. It is not just a simple thing that a man would come in or a woman would come in and bow their knee. You see, salvation is not a natural occurrence. That a man would speak words, as the scripture says, the foolishness of the gospel. And you would cause people to come in and change their lives. If you are here tonight, I want to let you know it is a miracle of God. It is not something that is simply just an ordinary thing. It is God's miracle for your life tonight. Galatians 3, uh, Genesis, sorry, 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and, and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. You see, for man fell short in the garden. God had a contingency. He already had a plan. He said, you know, man fallen short, but you know what? I have a plan. I have a plan for them to be redeemed, to be restored. He's already planning for Christ to come into this world because mankind in their fallen state separated from the king of glory. 
God says, I have a plan for them. How much more you and I this night, when we fall short, how much more you and I, when we're just not living up to standard, uh, how does God think of you tonight? Romans 5, 6 says, For when you were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, he didn't die for you when you were firing on all cylinders. He didn't die for you simply because uh, you were in church lifting up your hands. Many of us were in rebellion to God. We shook our fists at him. We lived lifestyles that were contrary to righteousness. It was not because we were doing well tonight. It was because we were in our sin. In complete rebellion to the king of glory. This is the state that God looks at us. And says I will hang and bleed and send my only son for them. He's not because you're doing well. Why you're here. But it's because God looked down and says they need a savior. They need my son. Many times we come in and we think, you know, we've got it together. Listen, when I came in, I barely brushed my teeth. (sighs) Never mind putting on clothes. Pants was hanging down half my butt. I mean, I could recall, I don't know if I told this story. I'm trying to remember all the stories I tell at different places I go, you know. But I can remember coming into the kitchen. I was just so messed up. I'm talking about jacked up, man. Listen, my Lord, some stories I'll tell you privately. It's just so messed up. But I can recall coming into the kingdom. (laughs) And I'm there. I come in on Sunday morning. Between church church Sunday, I go to a flea market. And I can remember stealing a pair of shoes. You know, I'm going to church, right? So I take off my old shoes I put on the new ones and I walk out the flea market. Happy. I go to church and I begin to show the brothers the new pair of shoes I got. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about years later. thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> I just went and stole a pair of shoes. Now I'm in church showing it. Listen, it, I was so messed up that that, didn't, that wasn't wrong to me. Because I'm going to church now, I'm doing some things. You know, I was still, you know, dabbling in the world, still smoking weed, still drinking, still doing... I used to have dreams that the brothers would catch me smoking weed. That's how much God was trying to change me and trying to help me. But I was jacked up, man. I'm telling you, I I had to do some things after I got saved. I had to call some people. I mean... I remember robbing my girlfriend's house. I mean, it was just so messed up. She told us that her father had some guns. And that was the wrong thing to do for us who were just wayward and had nothing else to do. And, and so we did. And we got them, we found them, and, you know, we added to our arsenal. But, you know, just looking back at certain things, and, you know, that's just a tip of the iceberg, folks. But looking back at certain things, and I thought to myself, what was I thinking? 
I was so messed up, so far from God in my understanding. No conviction. You know, it took a time for me to really get it when I came to church. It took some time for me to get it, man. You know, sometimes you come in church, not everyone is going to get it right away. They're dealing with things in their past. They're dealing, they're trying to overcome things. And I want to let you know that not everyone moves at the same pace. So as we come into the kingdom, maybe you expect a brother or sister to, you know, throw the cigarettes away at, at this time in, in, in their salvation. Maybe they're still struggling with it. Maybe they're still struggling with, with the, their speech and the things that they say and we expect them to get. But let's, sometimes we come into God's house and we're just messed up. We messed up. I can put up my two hands and my two foot. Messed up. But while I was in sin, this is who God was looking at. You see, when God looks at you, this is the beauty of salvation. When he looks at you, he sees the finished product. I know we're walking around all messed up. We're all, you know, we're all limping. And Lord Jesus, I love you. You know, we're messed up. We're just limping into the kingdom. But he looks at you and he sees that finished product. He looks at you and he sees that you're covered with the blood. You see, and that's what gives us the access. So when God looks at us and he sees, he doesn't see that messed up person that at times we can think that we are. He sees that finished product that he's refining. At times he has to, you know, polish, scuff off a little bit. You are God's prized possession. How many here have stocks? Stocks and bonds, maybe crypto. Don't say nothing about crypto. (laughs) But listen, you are God's investment. He has invested so much into you for your life. No one looks at their investment and says, what a waste. No one looks at their prized possession. Scripture says that, you know what, you were God, or we are God's prize, a little lower than the angels he created us. We are the only beings with God's spirit living inside of us. His value for your life is worth more than you could ever imagine. And he's called you for a purpose. John 6.44 says, No man comes to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I'll raise him up on the last day. There are no accidental Christians tonight. There's so much more that you could be doing. There's so much, there's such a pull of this world. It pulls you so many times in so many different directions. For you to be standing or kneeling or bowing in the house of God is a miracle of God. You see, you cannot come to him unless he is involved. Unless he is drawing your life tonight. You cannot. It's not something simple where a man just gets up one day and says, I'm going to get saved. It is God that is drawing you tonight. It's supernatural. But we come in and la-di-da, here we are in church. Just serving God, praise God, lifting hands. God is helping us, strengthening us, building us, refining us, 
pruning us at some times. But it is a supernatural miracle that you are here tonight. You know what, what really gets me over time? You see somebody come into the kingdom and you say to yourself, my God, I hope they're going to make it. I mean, you look at their lives and you just don't think they're going to make it. And you ever go, you think of some of the brothers and sisters are here tonight. Some of you are thinking, yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to make it. But fast forward maybe two years, three years down the line. And they're in ministry. And they're serving God. And they're going to conferences. You know, maybe now they're married with children. And now, you know, they're building a family. And, and, and you look at their lives from the time they came in. You, it is a miracle from one moment to another. But we don't look at that span of time and all that God has done. Somebody comes in and it's tough and it's hard for us at times to believe that they can go from being this messed up convert to this man or woman of God. That God values. Listen, God does not change his value for you. You know that God's love for you cannot change? And it has never changed. It has never changed. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how good you're doing, how bad you're doing. Do you know that God does not change? He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the same. So regardless of where you're at, when God looks at you, it is the same. See, we don't fully understand that because we base uh, or we judge people based on how they're doing. What have you done for me lately, right? This is our value system and we're falling. And if somebody messes up, you know, we may give them a chance. Or maybe you write them off. That's not the way God looks at us. He cannot love you any more than he loves you right now. He can't. Is God. He has never changed the way he thought of you or thinks of you tonight. Tonight we need to have a heavenly mindset. How many know a heavenly mindset does not think the way the earth thinks? Does not think the way we gravitate or want to thinking? Life is all about mindset and how you think will determine where you end up. I find it interesting in our text that it says, or God says, he's speaking to Jeremiah, says, For I know, I know the plans I have for you. See, why would God have to say that? Why would God have to say, I know the plans I have for you? Could it simply be because we're always telling God who we are? Could it be, God, I, I'm just, I can't make it. I'm just no good. I just, I'm just keep failing. I'm just a failure. I will never make it. And we keep telling. We keep speaking these words of unbelief and unrighteousness. What God says, listen, I know. Don't come and tell me who you think you are. But I know who you are. We get it all twisted. 
when we fall into the trap of self-pity. Sometimes we think self-pity is like a badge of honor. You know, we want to live like Mother Teresa. Poor, broken, busted. It's not what God has for you. That's not the plan and the purpose. We think that if we are just poor in spirit, and we're living this way and under this condemnation that God looks at it and says he's proud of you. No, this is not how God looks at you tonight. God says, I know the plans. It is to prosper you. It is to build you. It is to restore your life tonight. I know the plan. Stop telling me who you think you are. And get back into God's word. And understand what he thinks of you. See, it is a plan of salvation tonight to bring you into the kingdom of God. But as he brings you in, there is a plan to restore your life. It's twofold tonight. God is redeeming, restoring. His plan is redemption. Then it is restoration. Then it is sanctification tonight. As he begins to sanctify your life, you begin to draw closer to him as the day goes by, as you begin to serve him daily. God's plan for your life has never changed. The way he looks at you has never changed. The only thing that could change is a timeline. At times we could... Again, walk around that mountain 40 years. But God's plan was always for the children of Israel to go into the promised land, wasn't it? It was always his plan. We may delay it. There may be a detour here and there. But I can tell you what God has called you to, he's still calling you to. Some of you may think that, you know what, God has called, I've messed up. Time has gone by and, you know what, I will never attain to that again. But I will let you know the desires that God has placed in your heart from the very time that you got saved. They're still there. And if God has placed them there, that means he is responsible to bring those goals and those desires to pass. It is his plan. It is his purpose. It is not simply yours. Many times we think we have a desire, we have goals and we have plans. And we think it is it comes from our depths of our own soul and heart. But I want to tell you, God has placed those goals there. God has placed the plans and the purpose uh, within your heart. uh, And these are things that you yearn for. And I want to let you know, if God has placed a plan in your heart, He will bring it to pass. Many times we think it's just left up to us. It's just left up to me to to get this all together. It is God who is at work. It is Him who is navigating and directing our steps. It's not simply left up to us to fulfill everything. If He has placed a destiny within you, then He's responsible to bring it to pass. It's not simply left up to you. God is good tonight. Let's not, let us not tonight keep looking back. We're looking back because, you know, we're not sure if we could continue, if we can make it. You know, we made so many mistakes. How can we continue to go on? But I want to let you know, man, his plan for you will never change. John 9, or Luke 9.32 says, Jesus replied, no one 
putting his hand to the plow, looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We have to keep on moving. I know there's some dust in your way. I know. I know there's a bit of destruction in your pathway. Just keep on moving, man. Just keep on moving. His plan for your life is is to prosper you. It's to build you up. It's to give you a future. It is a hope that God brings in your life tonight that he will fulfill. Amen. Let's bow our heads in reverence to God this night. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for coming out tonight. Being in the house of God on a Sunday night. God is obviously doing a work within the lives of his people. You know, maybe you've come in here tonight and you're not serving God. You're not a Christian. You're not saved. And you do not have an assurance that heaven will be your home. There's just no assurance there. I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you attend a church. What I'm asking is if you were to die tonight, do you have an assurance that heaven would be your home? I want to give an invitation to anyone who's come in and maybe you're not serving God. But you know that you need to. I want you to lift up your hand and say, you know what? That's me. I need to serve God tonight. God, I, I need help. I need God to direct my steps. How many in here will say, you know what, that's me. I'm not serving God, but I need him tonight. Unsaved or maybe even backslidden. You served him at one time, but you begin to hear the voice and the lies of hell. And it, it pushed you out of the kingdom of God. Lift up your hands. You're unsaved or maybe you're backslidden. How many will there be tonight in the house of God? Amen. Saints of God. Oh, how Jesus loves you. Oh, the plan of God for you tonight is to just to prosper you, to bring you into all that God has for you. There's so much. And if we begin to know our God and to understand who he is, the greatness that can be accomplished from our lives is unknown tonight. I want to encourage you to have a heavenly mindset. Have a mindset. Get back into God's word and begin to to see how God thinks of you and direction that he has for your life tonight. His plan is to prosper and to direct your steps. I want to open these altars tonight. Maybe God has dealt with you. I want to invite you down. Do some business at the altar tonight as we sing the song. Amen. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the Oh,
Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight to lift our hands and worship to God. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Let's worship him tonight. God, you are good. Lift your voices tonight. Uh, amen. Sing it out tonight. Oh, Lord God, in all your ways, uh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Uh, oh, Lord God, we thank you for all that you do, all that you are in our lives. Oh, Lord, uh, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.